Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Recording Podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. Hey everybody, welcome back to our Love Over Fear series. We're going to continue having the conversation this week, uh, kind of thinking back through several of the key principles that we've been talking through throughout this series, highlighting a few of those, and then kind of beginning to bring things home over the next few weeks. And so, you know, obviously when we started this series, uh, we were in the very beginning uh, of a pandemic that has really gone on a lot longer than maybe even a lot of us thought. Uh, we, I think for me, I thought it would take several months, uh, you know, maybe a year for a vaccine, some of those things, but I just, I didn't anticipate maybe the months and months of the drain that would come with it. And maybe you can relate to that. Obviously in the midst of, of everything that's been going on with the coronavirus, we've also entered into some you know, very large issues in our country pertaining to uh, racial injustices, uh, cities, states, and our country trying to wrestle through how we approach and handle uh, various inequalities um, and also having conversations around politics and policies. And, uh, you know, within that, we have religious groups and churches that are, you know, going back and forth of ways to do things. Uh, we have, obviously, within our own families, we have conversations that come up regularly. Uh, people debate whether or not to wear masks or not, and all these things that come up. And so, really, we obviously had no idea when starting the series, um, probably the um, the tension that may arise within our country, but I think it's a really important conversation that we've really uh, felt was was vital to our church and hopefully just for believers in general um, or wherever you are on your journey as you watch these videos. So I just I hope that you're finding a way to process, to think, to assess your own life in ways that hopefully result in change. Uh, I know in my own life there are things that. God's been bringing up a lot over the last several weeks and months of just things that I've realized I need to adjust in my life, things that I need to shift uh, that were, I was operating more like Philip and less like Jesus. And so whether it's been the Love Over Fear series uh, or our series that we came out of before this from 1 John, you know, looking at light and love as the two key components that we see from God towards us that then we reflect back out to the world all of those things hone in on some really essential parts of what of how we can love the world best and overcome that fear that so often we have. So we've done a really good job, I feel like, as a, as a church and as a series in this, we're looking at some of the key things, like uh, how we uh, walk through things with people that we don't always agree with, whether they're believers or not, whether we're close with them or not. We have looked at the idea that loving someone well doesn't come with prerequisites. You don't have to approve or agree or condone everyone's actions in order to love them well. Um, no matter how we uh, approach conversations, uh, it's important that we set aside our own agendas, that we find ways to, uh, whether they're in moments of conflict or moments of peace, that when we're having conversations, 
we focus on our posture, making sure that we're reflecting the heart of Jesus. And so, again, whether that person is for you or against you, how we love them well is something that's critical, that should be defining who is a Christ follower in this season. And all of us have areas and room to improve when it comes to that concept. Uh, the calling that Jesus puts in front of all of us modeled to us you know, throughout the Gospels is that you and I are held to a higher standard and that's what we should strive to each and every day. So we've talked around you know, posturing uh, our demeanor, how to avoid fruitless conversations. We've talked about how to bring life and love into each of those conversations. Uh, we've also talked about the power of empathy and how putting ourselves in other people's shoes, hearing their stories, listening actively, uh, and not with a posture to argue and debate, but to understand and learn, um, and how all of those tough conversations have to be approached with humility and grace. Um, and I shared with you last week how that's been something for me that God has really been working on my heart about, particularly that idea of grace and humility, that checking my agenda at the door, remembering that I don't always know all the answers, uh, being willing to say, I don't know, or saying I may get this wrong um, and how we ask for help and how we learn and go through this together is, is a part of all of our journeys. And hopefully you've been on one as well. I was meeting with someone for with lunch this week and we were talking about uh, just how uh, practical so many of the steps are and how we talk to whether it's our parents, our friends, our loved ones, our spouses, significant others, our kids, whoever it is, how we have these conversations uh, is so important. If we're willing to apply it, I promise you that you will see the fruit that will come out of it. But it is a difficult task and it's one where I'm reminded regularly in my own life um, and becoming more and more aware, the more and more I assess and, and observe how the times of when I'm relying on my own strength, Philip's strength, and when I'm relying on the Holy Spirit um, and, and trying to move the needle, if you will, towards relying and being dependent upon the Holy Spirit to guide me and so that Jesus is reflected in my words and in my actions. Because if we try to do this on our own, I know for me, when I try and do this on my own, I will fail regularly. Uh, but the more that we can tap into the Holy Spirit in our life, learning to trust his guidance, rely on his strength, resetting our posture and being submissive to the, what the Spirit wants to do in these conversations and in our relationships, we will help reflect and mirror that richness of love that we see modeled all throughout God in the scriptures, but especially when we see Jesus interact with people who were not on the same page with him in the gospels. And so, you know, during the virus specifically, as I kind of think back over the last uh, several months, um, it, it's easy for us to get caught up in what divides us. Uh, but really, if we're honest, we have the same goal, right? There's unity in the fact that everyone wants to eradicate COVID-19. Uh, I don't know, I haven't heard at least of someone who's like, yeah, this virus is good for us. Let's, uh, let's keep it around. You know, there is unity and understanding that we all want the same thing. And, uh, you know, maybe not 100%. I wish that was the case, but you know, a large vast majority of people, as I think about the injustices pertaining to the racial divides in our country, it's again, easy to focus on the things that divide us. But I think ultimately the vast majority of people want the same thing, equality for all, uh, for ev for all humanity. We want everyone to feel like they are treated equally. Um, and obviously the ways in which we get there, 
uh, are what's dividing us. Uh, it's what's causing division and friction and polarizing these conversations. And so we end up focusing not on the common goal and the big picture, but we end up focusing on, you know, all of the practical things that divide us. And we end up having these debates, conversations, uh, friction points around hot topics. And, and there's no way around certain realities that we are going to disagree, right? That's, and that's okay. I think that has been a really good truth reminder for a lot of us that it is okay to disagree. Uh, and someone again, doesn't have to agree with everything that you say or do in order for you to love them and treat them well with respect. Uh, but as a believer, we can help reset these conversations by focusing on the big picture, the things that bring us back to the ultimate goals. And because of the fact that we wanna see Jesus present in our conversations and in these realities of change that we wanna see rolled out throughout our country, uh, all of those things should be uh, avenues and vehicles that we embark on with the reminder of how does Jesus fit into this? How am I able to bring Jesus into this conversation? How am I able to reflect the heart of Jesus uh, into uh, the points that I, I'm bringing to the table? And I think one of the suggestions I wanna give you this week, and I think we've, hi we've, we've highlighted this in some form or fashion throughout the series, but one of the practical tools I wanna give you this week is to pre-decide people over problems to pre-decide relationships over rules. And what I mean by that is when you walk into conversations and even before you even think you're gonna or knowingly have a conversation with someone, having that posture that the people that you will interact with today, the people that you uh, are gonna have conversations with, that they as humans matter more than the topics that you will discuss that the relationship that the two of you have is vastly more important than the rules that govern your life or their life or the ways in which those rules have even been broken in the relationship. That when we can elevate the person and the relationship above the problems, the topics, the rules, if you will, the things that govern our, our world and our relationships, if the people and the relationships are our top priority, then it absolutely can shift and change how we pre-decide the ways in which we're gonna conduct ourselves. If we can pre-decide how to love people well and to elevate them above, again, the conversations, the topics that will be discussed, I think people will not only see the powerful love of Jesus, but I think it will help redefine the way that people view Christians. Christ followers have been so uh, defined by how we put the problems and the rules of our faith, if you will, above people at times. And Jesus did this emphatically the other way. And yet we fall into the pharisaical trap of, we know the heart of Jesus is for people to love people well, but let's build all these extra walls to help protect and guard the core issues that we have. And Jesus plows right through all those re regularly uh, with the Pharisees so that he can get to the heart of people each time. 
what if we pre-decided in our hearts to love people above the problems, to elevate the relationship above uh, the rules, and we showed patience more often. We chose to not be so easily offended. We quit taking things so personally. We, we focused, again, on what the big picture is and reminding each other of the ultimate goals that we have. We, we changed the ways in which we viewed each other and the world around us. These are all ways that we can pre-decide how we love people well and how we elevate the, uh, each other above what the, what the conversation is. We say all the time as Christians how you know God loves the world, that, that every soul, every man, woman, child, every race, every nationality, uh, every story that, that Jesus equally loves each person. We believe that. And then one of the most powerful and common passages in scripture is John three sixteen, that for God so loved the entire world, right? That he gave Jesus to us. And so we believe this is core to our understanding of what it means to embody the good news. And yet we know also that it's impossible for us as believers to love people the same way that Jesus loves people. And, and that's okay. We, we will never be loving to the fullest capacity in the same way that Jesus is and was, but the calling and the mandate, uh, and the standard that we are, are, are supposed to be rising up to is still present. We, we are absolutely, uh, given this this command to love people well. And I think as we can place that idea of loving people well in front of us, and again, pre-deciding that, I think it will absolutely help in our local community, and I would venture to say the world, redefine how Christ followers are viewed. But more importantly than this, how people think about us, it would drastically change how people are cared for. And I think that is such a key part of the opportunity that the church has in the midst of both the racial injustices, the COVID-19 situation, the the politics that are coming our way with an election, all these things that are present that, again, we get so focused on what divides us that we miss what unifies us. And in that moment, as believers, we know that what, un what unifies us, what brings us together, is the powerful love of Jesus. That no matter where you've been, what you've done, uh, who you think you are, that Jesus loves you emphatically, unconditionally, this Abba Father's love that is given to each one of us. And so I think as we approach these conversations historically, Christians, at least in my context, we sometimes can feel the temptation to want to win the argument, to quote enough scripture, to uh, make a, a, a decent point in hopes that it would transform someone's soul or that it would cause someone to believe something different. But in reality, we know this to be true, although it's so hard for me and for us I think to get this right, but the only things that change people and transform people is when we're showing people compassion, when we're showing people love, respect, empathy. And if we can do all those things while covering with grace and truth, that's when people meet Jesus. That's when people see Jesus in our lives. Again, the ways in which we approach these conversations, we all leave wondering what happened there, you know, what, how did it go? 
And if that person on the other end of that conversation can walk away feeling loved and cared for, uh, that you empathize, that you respected them, there's a far greater chance of them seeing the heart of Jesus than you making a convincing argument or you making better points than they do or you quoting the right stats or scriptures or whatever it is. And again, these things seem obvious, but yet our default is to go back to the latter and not the heart of Jesus. And I think a lot of it comes back to the ways that we have failed to predecide to elevate people over problems and relationships over rules. I want to read a passage from Romans chapter 8 for us this week. It's a pretty lengthy passage, so hang out with me for a second as we walk through this. But I think ultimately this really encapsulates a lot of the challenge put before us to really embody this idea of unity in our culture today. This is Paul writing in verse 9. He says, But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins within our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. At the end of the day, the point, the big picture is to bring people back to unity. That the people that we disagree with would see the spirit of God living and dwelling within us. And the church fails to do this regularly from within the body of Christ as co-heirs and children of God. No wonder the world doesn't see these attributes, these fruits of the spirit modeled in the conversations with those who aren't also believers. And so I think regardless of whether the issue at hand is petty or prominent, we can choose people first. Whether it's the mountain to die on, in your opinion, or whether it's the smallest anthill, we can choose people first. These issues that are so uh, placed in front of us by media, social media, um, and the people in our lives, we can choose in these moments to elevate people first. And if we can do that as Christ followers, and people can see the same Savior and King that you and I know, people will begin to see Jesus differently. And I think that is one of the greatest callings to us as the church today. It is not how we solve all the issues, but it's how we show love well. It's how we 
embody grace and truth well. It's how we elevate the person above the problem, the relationship over the rules. So may we as believers represent Jesus well. May we help others see the loving heart of a Savior. May you and I operate in the spirit and not in our flesh when it comes to these conversations. May we predecide how we can unify each other around patience, around uh, common goals. Um, may we not be so easily offended. And may we find a way to help other people see the heart of Jesus by getting our own agendas out of the way. I want to leave you with a few questions this week as we wrap things up. We continue to have our questions kind of reflect a head question, something that you need to think about, a heart question, maybe a reflection of kind of what's stirring inside of you emotionally, and then a hands question, what are ways that you can live this out? So we're going to do that again this week. Uh, here's the head question. Do you think we are all working towards the same goal? Why or why not? Second, is your heart in a place to predecide people over problems as you approach conversations? And then finally, what is your action step this week? I'm going to leave it generic. What is your action step this week in modeling this better to those around us? We love you guys. Hope you're staying safe. Stay strong. Continue to find ways of encouraging each other. Again, we tell you every week, don't uh, don't uh, uh, don't lose to the uh, to the fact that we're trying to do this the best that we can as a church, as a community. We know that Zoom fatigue is a real thing and it's set in for a lot of us, but push through it. Find ways to engage in your missional community. Find ways to meet with people safely, uh, social distance wear your masks and find ways of helping all of us unify around the ways that we can represent Jesus better. We'll see you guys soon. Take care.